Episode 308, I guess I was wrong. It's the David Triggs Show. This is the podcast where you can get spiritual power and personal development for everyday life. It's gozo for the whole family, jamba juice for the soul, your daily dose of gozo. Well, look at everybody and welcome to the daily edition of the Trick Podcast. So Joy here with my gozo bell, here with my gozo mug. Let's see how today's coffee of the day is tasting. Let's see. Mmm, nice and dark. Love it. Welcome, by the way, to the Trick Podcast of Joey and Gozo TV. Gozo, by the way, means joy in Spanish. Talking today about, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> so this is going to be a very interesting episode because it's about being self-aware. And my hope in talking about this whole thing of, I guess I was wrong, is to help you perhaps understand that sometimes even, even, even us, we even <laughs> are wrong. Can you believe it? Can you say, I cannot believe it? I think that all of us want to come across as having it all together, right? I know I do. Wanting to be right, wanting to have the best ideas or the best path forward. But sometimes we aren't always right. We make mistakes. We don't learn from our own surroundings or from the feedback that people are giving us. In fact, many of us, we run away from feedback. But God wants us to actually learn from other people. And I've realized that for me and for all of us to be amazing in life as a, as a leader, as a, as a young person, in whatever area you, you, you are, God wants us to, to be aware of ourselves so that we can be the best people that we can possibly be. So let me give you first an example of kind of the first time, well, no, not the first time, maybe a, most, a, a recent time when I realized I was so wrong and I didn't realize it. So a, a few years ago, I had a friend, a good mentor tell me, Trig, I think you should teach on this particular topic. I don't think that what you're doing right now is the best thing that you can be doing. It's great, it's wonderful, but maybe at this particular time, you should teach on this topic because of X, Y, and Z. And it was a very well thought out plan. And to be fair, I actually tried to implement what he told me, but I think in the back of my mind, I didn't agree. Have you ever been in those moments where you're agreeing on the outside, but you're disagreeing on the inside? <laughs> you say, go so me, right? And then about a few months ago, that same friend, we, uh, we lost touch. And he, but he called me and he said, hey, Trig, you know, back then when I said those things, I still think that you should try that now. And in fact, I still think that what you did last year wasn't that effective, just for the time and for the season and blah, 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 all these rational things that really make sense to me now more than ever. But in the moment, I was just as hard as a rock. I had my own idea that I was going to implement, and so I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> well, I think looking back, I was wrong, and he was right. And so that got me on this journey about realizing, and this may sound silly, how often, how wrong I often am. Is that the right way to say it? 
that I am wrong many times. When it comes to my opinions about things, about people, about situations, and and maybe another way to put it is that my well-thought-through opinion and my values, they might be right, but it's, I don't know, it's just good to hear other people's ideas and maybe go with their thoughts. How about that? Now, to be fair to myself, and maybe if you're relating to this, to be fair to you, I am very open to a lot of things, but I would say that even though I may think that, that in reality, I'm not very open to things that I don't see or agree with. (laughs) And that obviously is the problem. Being open-minded means that you see things from other people's perspectives and, as I said earlier, you actually agree with them and you go and you do it their way, not your way. And for the INFP, if you're into the Myers-Briggs and personality types, I believe I'm an INFJ, but I have a feeling I'm more of an INFP. Ah, long story. But for the INFP type, the NF type, the idealist, the dreamers, the people-centered ones, the highly sensitive people like us, maybe you can relate to this, we trust our own instincts 100% of the time. And that can sometimes be a problem because we lose touch with our external world. And I feel like in many ways... I lose touch with my external world. I may think I look better than I actually look until I look in the mirror and think, oh boy, who's that guy? I may think that I am more effective as a communicator than I really am, as a leader than I really am, as a friend that I really am, you name it. And maybe you can relate to kind of this almost like a, a, a made-up world that we live in where we think that where where we are perfect inside of that world and we are afraid of what people think of us because it touches that deep sense of shame and of uh, wanting to be in our comfort zone. I think another thing that is very true of me is that I am always thinking of my comfort. I'm always thinking, well, is this going to make me feel good? Is this going to make me I don't know, look good. Is this going to be too much for me emotionally? I especially guard, I guess, would be another way to put it, my emotions all the time because I think, honestly, I'm afraid of not being able to handle the feedback or the emotion, especially if it's negative or if it's painful. And that comes from many things that I have um, <laughs> thought about and seen therapists about, etc. But it's the truth still remains I I think it's important for us types to realize that we're not as good as we think we are and to not let that destroy us and to realize that, at least in my case, that to admit that I am wrong, such as with my friend, that that doesn't destroy me and that other people aren't going to leave me because I think that as I study all this stuff, the one of the biggest fears of us types when it comes to feedback is is that people will, will leave us, that we will be left alone, that orphan syndrome, which uh, because of trauma and literally growing up without my parents for most of my teenage, teenage years and even early adolescence was real for me. And so, and then I went through a bunch of immigration issues for maybe 10, 15 years where I had all these visas and then for a few months I had no status and 
And so that, that fear of being deported or being thrown out of the country traumatized me, especially as a young teen and into my 20s and even early college. And so, the, oh, and then plus on top of that, failures. I mean, not having a master's degree at this point, even though I have 80,000 units of master's degree credits, and, but not having completed not even one master's degree um, when I know that in me and my genius, at least that I think I'm a genius, really should have PhDs by now. Th- those things bring me such shame that not only do I then become a trickster and lie and, and make myself look better in front of people, but I'm afraid of being around, as I said, other truths that might supersede my truth or my skills or my abilities. And it really feels good to say that, you know, just to kind of, um, I guess, verbalize as I've been thinking about this for many, many years. And I think I'm at a place where it's not just about failing. I don't. I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel like I'm. I'm a, I'm a horrible man because of this or that. In fact, I feel eager once again. I feel like I am at the beginning here at 49, almost 50 in a few months. I'm. I feel like I'm almost like I'm ready to begin once again. Like I'm almost to the beginning of my of my true life or of my next life of my third life, I guess. And I want it to be true. Do I fear consequences? Getting fired, getting, quote, deported, being left alone? Of course I do. But guess what? Even though it has happened a few times where I've gotten fired or people have thought I was horrible and I've been told negative things and criticized or maybe where the results weren't what I expected, for the most part, Actually, I can say this, every time that's happened, I have felt like a success in the eyes of God, my wife, and really myself as well. I don't feel like I'm a personal failure because I'm five classes away from a master's degree at 50. Because that, that mindset is self-imposed. I mean, there are many, let's just say it this way, Latino men, pastors my age and older, that are just finishing their master's now at age 50, 53, 55, or age 60. Maybe other African-American women, or and it doesn't have to be some color thing. You know, I do think that our backgrounds do affect our finances and therefore our privilege or lack of privilege, certainly back in the 80s when, when all this happened, or the 90s or early 2000s. But my point is that there's no shame in my game, and except in my own brain. It's only when I consider myself a failure that I then have to hide my failures or my failings from other people. And there is nothing more beautiful, mostly to me, than to have balance in my life, to know that I, quote, I'm a failure at a bunch of things, mostly because I self medicate or self-analyze myself as such, but the reality is the second half is that I'm not a failure. I'm a success. I'm a success story that a young man like me coming from a third world country where, as I said, with with visa issues most of my life, growing up in a war-torn country, growing up without my parents in a one-bedroom apartment in a very humble part of town, can now be a man 
with, quote, almost a master's degree with a bachelor's of science in computer science and engineering that I do have with years of studying music at Long Beach City College with a podcast and and those are just things. I mean, okay, a two-story house that I own. I own two homes, one in Colorado. And even as I describe that, who cares? But I'm only describing that because sometimes for my type of personality, I want external success to validate or to make me feel confident. And so if I was to analyze myself by that matrix, I am successful. I will have a master's degree. And so I don't have a PhD. So what? I've lied about that, and that's stupid. I mean, I remember this one friend, he asked me, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm working on my PhD. I mean, I'm working on a PhD. I'm, I'm trying to finish my master's degree. I've gone to two amazing seminaries, Talbot and Fuller, and I am five classes away. I dropped the one this, this fall because I just wasn't feeling up to par. And that's another issue that we INFPs or creatives or dreamers deal with is our mood. I am so, we're so filled with energy and, and passion when we're in the mood, but when something happens, mostly something negative happens, then we lose our focus because of our mood. And so I was listening to uh, this stuff on, on my personality, and the guy was saying that we need data to basically tell us that we're, we're losing at life. <laughs> and even though I hate data, that tells me that I'm losing at life, meaning you don't have a degree, or your church is dying, or you are 20 pounds overweight. <laughs> you know, the data actually motivates me, even though I'm so afraid of it. Like I went to the doctors uh, two months ago, and she said, you're obese. I mean, literally, she told me that I am in the obese category. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've been at this weight before, but just to see that, hear that label, guess what I did after she told me that? I worked out for 14 days in a row nonstop. I literally injured myself. <laughs> my foot was hurting. My Everything was hurting. I worked out so hard because when I get negative feedback, it doesn't destroy me. It actually motivates me. Now, let me just be, be clear here. Not destructive. I've had destructive feedback. I remember this one guy who just wanted to destroy me because... I said something that was truthful about his life that he didn't like. And so he came after me. Wow. <laughs> he just came after me. And so I, I basically destroyed him back. I mean, I don't have any, any other way to put that. So I'm not talking about people that are out to get us. We will destroy you. We will come back with a vengeance and destroy you if you are... are or have an evil intent in your criticism or your feedback. But if you actually want to make me better or want to make the, I don't know, the, the vision better, then by all, well, I'm not going to say by all means, but I, I'm, I guess I'm going to say it this way. I will definitely listen to it and do a bunch of stuff about it, such as with my doctor. And so guess what? I've been wrong before. I've been wrong about a million things. I lose my, my mojo, I don't know, half of the time or a third of the time. I am very focused on my emotions. I guess I just, I just said that. I am not open to other people's ideas. I judge everyone. 
I criticize people. I'm always looking for affirmation. I have this huge fear of not being loved and not being admired. I sometimes lie and, and become a trickster, as, as a personality studies say, to try to make myself feel better about myself because I feel such shame over not accomplishing things that no one is measuring me against except myself. And when I say that, don't think that I feel horrible or I'm going to go and kill myself. I am not even nowhere near feeling sorry for myself. In fact, I feel free. I feel free that I have these bad habits and that I overeat, that I overindulge, that I lie, that, I, that, I, that I'm wrong, that I have been wrong so many times before that I've been wrong before. And that doesn't take away from the amazing things and the amazing person that I am. It does not take away. It is, uh, it is it, it, in fact, it makes room for the grace of God. It makes room for the grace of God, and I can then relate to these amazing men and women in the Bible, like Jacob. Jacob, his literal name means the, de the deceiver. I mean, just like Satan is called the deceiver and the liar and the, the accuser, I mean, Jacob, Jacob, as in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as in the father of the 12 tribes of Israel, was called the deceiver. I mean, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. God is my strength. And yet God used this liar deceiver who literally stole things from his own brother and his own father, deceived his father to get his way. And yet God used him. David, the fornicator, the affair sexualized womanizer. I mean, Solomon, my goodness sake. Speaking of generational sin, Solomon did even worse things, and yet Solomon, only second to Christ, the Bible says, was the wisest man in the world. And he was the one who actually brought the ark into the, cove, into, the, into the temple. It wasn't David, the beautiful shepherd psalmist who slayed Goliath. It was Solomon. Solomon who was filled with wisdom and yet was arrogant about all the amazing things. And I mean, talk about the typical man. I mean, if, if I was to be anyone, I would say, I'm such a Solomon. In love with himself, with his money, and with the girls. <laughs> and yet God used Solomon God used David David a man after his own after God's own heart Solomon he wrote Proverbs you know how many young men including myself and how many young women people of all ages live by the, by the Proverbs and the Psalms you know David wrote of course uh, two thirds or two at least half of the Psalms as well as Solomon and Moses and a few others Jonah, I mean, I am such a Jonah, I'm such a Peter, denying Christ. Maybe not, I don't deny Christ like my faith, but I deny, I don't know, my truth all the time. I bend the rules to try to make myself look good in front of others. And, and maybe the, the victory in all this is in that I still know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, I will see God. And that freedom comes when we live in our truth. 
when we live in our honesty. And I don't want to get to 50. I have a few months here, April, so I have six months still. I don't want to get to 50 and continue to live in my deception, in my trickster, as they call it in all these INFP stuff. I'm a mentor. I am, I'm a, they call us the metaphysics types because we, we see connections of the future. I look at the world, or let's say even just at a person, and I see all these connections. I see where they're headed. <laughs> it's such a, a difficult thing to, to know about people. And it's not like a crystal ball or anything. It's just simply connecting the dots. I see who they are, what they say, mostly just what they say to me. And then I have to weigh the consequences of me being honest with them. But that's a beautiful gift of discernment that God's given me. He, he's given me a gift of discernment, of wisdom. I, I have wisdom for others. And just like Solomon, right? Even though he was this failed man, womanizer, power-hungry, fame-seeking king, he was the wisest man that ever lived and, and wrote the Proverbs, as I said. And guess what? I can relate to so much of that and be thankful for the fact that I can give wisdom to other people, imperfectly as it may be. Now, speaking now, I guess, about wisdom and, and mentoring, <laughs> I was talking to a friend, and she was telling me that her other friend was saying all these great things about me, but this other guy was also with them. He was saying negative things about me. <laughs> and it got me thinking that not everyone, I don't, um, I see, not everyone connects with me. Duh, right? Not everyone connects with us, right? Not, not everyone loves everything about you, right? That's normal. We all know that. But I guess what I really want to say is that there are people that I want to teach them things, but they don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. And so, as they say, the teacher appears when the student is ready. You know, I think one of the things that is, is also very true and important for us types, us, us dreamers and feelers and highly sensitive types to, to admit, not only is it that we lie or that we're wrong or that we judge other people, but also... What was I going to say? Man, it just slipped me, slipped my mind. That's another INFP thing, by the way. We, we are all over the place. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's my communication skills. For the longest time, I have known that God uses my music to, to encourage and to basically to, to make things grow. I've seen it over and over again. And then because of this hyperactive need for affirmation, I'm always blaming myself or just thinking the worst about me as a, as a speaker. And so, I have grown, I would say, the last few years in my confidence and in my skill because back to the whole deceiving thing, I think that I often deceive myself thinking I'm better than I really am. I haven't always been a great speaker. I, I, I've been good, but I'm not... I'm not the best. I am maybe an average speaker. Maybe I'm a little better than average, depending on who you ask. But I guess where I'm at with that is that it doesn't really matter how amazing of a speaker I am. Because I have to say, in my whole 30 years of, of church, there's only like one or two people that I think are worth listening to. And so... 
if I'm the average churchgoer, I don't think they're looking for the pastor at the corner church to be Joel Osteen or to be Rick Warren or to be T.D. Jakes or Tony Robbins, if, you know, just thinking of other speakers. I mean, obviously, he's not a pastor, but you know what I mean. Just amazing communicators that are out there. It's like me somehow thinking that I'm LeBron James <laughs> and measuring myself up literally against his accomplishments. I mean, it's ridiculous. And yet, I always think, well, if I'm not at the Joel Osteen level of communication and results, which is the other problem for my type, then I'm a failure. And so, I constantly have to just re, refocus and to say, you know, first, I'm not that amazing. I'm just an average communicator. I stumble over my words. I have 25 things I say at once. I have grown tremendously. Yes, I'm more clear now than ever. Um, I'm very moody when it comes to my speaking. If I'm not feeling amazing, that I will lay an egg. If I'm at the top of my game, then I can just be amazing for months and years. And, and, and that's, that's all true. Sometimes people are inspired. Sometimes I confuse people. Sometimes I can be overly perfectionist, perfectionistic. Other times I can be filled with grace and with love for people. All of that is true of me, and it's probably true of every human being out there. Guess what, dude? Welcome to the human race, right? Like, stop measuring yourself against some crazy out-of-body standard that doesn't exist. I mean, I take a little bit of this person and that person and this person and make up some superhero, and then I measure myself against that superhero for 50 years. I mean, how ridiculous is that? And then I only feel good when I think I'm superhero status at the superhero status and i and i beat myself up because i i ended the sentence <clears throat> with a i don't know i don't even know all those things a proposition or whatever that i end things wrong instead of just saying so i i speak I, i'm a messy speaker and yet god can use it i think is it my fault that i fail is it is it my fault that that things don't grow because of my speaking? Is it me? Is it because I'm angry? Because I criticize people? Probably, yes, yes, yes to all. And yet there are amazing things that I do. And they're both true and they're both in me. And all I can do is keep growing in the areas where I am an idiot. Or I am, or I don't mean that. Or, where I am, where I have failed. Where I didn't do things right. And that is just called being a human. And maybe that's the biggest thing for us feelers and empaths and dreamers is to realize that we're, we're just simply humans. We're no better than, than David and, and, and Solomon and Jonah and Paul. I mean, Paul was going around killing Christians. He had an anger problem. He also was insecure. I mean, just read between the lines in First and Second Corinthians where he's saying, well, you know, you don't think that highly of me when I'm in person. You think I suck as a speaker, but here come my letters. I mean, it's human to, to err and yet to be used by God. I think, the, I think the real problem is in thinking that you have to be flawless to be used by God. I mean, that, I have to give that up like right now, and I am giving it up. I, I, I am ready to give that up. I have been surrendering it. This is, I think, this episode maybe, or this season of my life, is really, the I would say, the culmination of the last maybe 10 years of failures, of not succeeding the way that I 
wanted to, or maybe I did succeed. It's just, I have to change my standards. Maybe I did succeed. You know, guess what? I did succeed in a bunch of stuff. I learned how to manage a $3 million organization. <laughs> this musician feeler dreamer with a computer science background and a seminary, quote, wannabe degree and a music background, I learned how to manage a $3 million company. On my own, I looked for the mentors, I trained people, and in a matter of maybe, I don't know, a year, I had the whole administrative part of this organization humming like a brand new car. I mean, those are great things. I changed my body at age 36, 37, 38 from, quote, this obese <laughs> status that my doctor recently gave me to, I mean, natural bodybuilding status. I have the pictures to show. I won't show you the pictures, but my point is that it hasn't all been horrible. And, and I just hear me on this. I'm not feeling that way. I don't feel horrible. My wife, Rochelle, the other day, we were talking about this and she said, oh, don't feel bad. Uh, you're not horrible. I said, love, I don't feel horrible. I don't need encouragement. I don't need like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm actually happy to admit that I have made mistakes, that I was wrong with my friend. With, <laughs> I had another friend that told me another thing, just said, hey, you know, I think that maybe this is how you should do things. And I said, nah, that's stupid. I didn't say it that way. But, you know, in my mind, I thought, nah. Guess what? He was probably right. And now, the timing wasn't right for me. Guess what? I'm ready now. And isn't that the greatest victory that any human can have is to admit their mistakes and to learn from them? Isn't that what being a creative, an entrepreneur, a, I don't know, a an empath and a feeler and a, and a man of God, a woman of God is all about is to learn from your mistakes instead of trying to not make mistakes, which has been my, my debacle, my failure. Stop trying to live a life without making mistakes. I had a friend <clears throat> a few months ago who was criticizing me about social media stuff. And when I talked to her, I just basically just cut her off my life, what they call the INFJ door slam. That's why I don't know. <clears throat> I think I'm both INFJ and INFP, even though I know it makes no sense cognitive-wise. But anyway, I gave her the old door slam. Then I thought about it, and guess what? She was right. I was wrong about my social media stuff. And ever since, I've made some very healthy and positive changes. Again, this is what leaders do, right? Instead of being <clears throat> thinking you're right for the rest of your life, the, the right thing to do is to, is to consider what people say, is to evaluate and to say, huh, I don't agree with this, that's a bunch of baloney, or with that person, but this person and this comment or this input is right on. Even though at first I thought you were wrong, but that's the great thing about me. You know, as I said, I'm not putting myself down. The wonderful thing about being an empath and a feeler is that when it finally makes sense and the data shows it and you have maybe even a consequence to your actions, especially that, then you change, you pivot, you, you make amends. And so that's what I did. 
I made amends and I changed my habits. And I feel amazing. And my friend was right and I was wrong. Again. <laughs> I feel free, guys. I feel free and the teacher in me wants to teach this because that's that's my gift is I'm a teacher, I'm a mentor, I'm a professor as they say. I'm a dreamer. I love to paint the picture and, and have a vision that is clear and compelling and then have other people implement it. I'm not an implementer. I mean, I am, but maybe I get bored halfway through and so I need other people to finish what I started. But that's the real joy of, of my life is to admit that I was wrong. When my wife and I were in counseling 10 years in, because I was being basically an idiot, just not helping her, not putting her first. And we had three kids and I was just working and just doing my own thing. We went to therapy and the therapist said to me, first he said, dude, like, just calm down. You're not as bad as you think. Because I came in like, oh, I'm such a horrible man, typical feeler, right? And INFP and INFJ, all this stuff. But one thing he said was was revolutionary. He said, you know, if you're not honest with me about everything in here, you're not going to grow. And he said, he would always ask me at the end of each session, are you completely, are you being completely honest with me? Is there anything else you need to confess? And I remember this one time that there was this one more thing and that I hit it, I think the previous session, and I finally admitted it to him. And then he said, now I'll go tell Rochelle. <laughs> I said, What? I thought this was just between you and me. No, he said, no. If you want healing between you guys from all the stupid things that you've been doing and not doing mostly to help her and all this stuff, then you need to go and actually tell her exactly what you told me word for word. And I went outside. I think Rochelle was at home or something. I sat on a bench. I still remember it as if it was yesterday. And I called her and I told her exactly what I had told my therapist. And most of all, now I have it as a as a line in the sand, as a stake in the ground of a time when I was completely honest with the one I love. And I think that's really the, maybe the biggest point of this whole thing that I'm talking about is be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people that you love. Even, even if it hurts you so much and you're so scared, stop hiding, stop deceiving, stop lying. And if you make mistakes, and even if you don't admit them in the moment and you think you were so right, guess what? Just go back a month, a year, heck, 10 years later and say, you know what? I was wrong. I was wrong. And maybe you don't even have, you don't have to even go back to that person. Like for me, I don't have a need to go back to every person and go and do some AA thing where you have to make amends. It's just more me. It's me changing the way that I think about me, meaning that I'm always right. It's just simply growing as a person. That's what I want. That's what I want to encourage you and invite you to do, is just keep growing. Don't get stuck. Maybe for you, it's not a matter of I'm wrong. Maybe it's something else. You're probably a different personality type than I am. And that's amazing. That's great. That's, that's called humanity. But 
here's what is common to us all. What is the thing that you've been hiding from yourself? Is it that you're wrong? Is it maybe that you're right? Is it that you that you feel lost and you don't know what to do? That you don't have all the answers? Is it that you don't really believe God to for the problem that you're facing right now? Is it that you feel afraid of, of missing out on, on all the fun that others are having? Is it that you think God is boring? Is it that you have such a high sense of justice in your life that you're always criticizing other people? What is it? Are, is it your mistakes? Are you living under the weight? Are you dying under the weight of your past mistakes? Confess your sins to each other. Maybe this is my confession, Colossians 3, confess your sins to each other. Maybe this is it for me, and maybe this is why this is such a powerful season for me. Maybe you don't need to report, record a podcast, but maybe you need to just tell someone and to say, you know, here's this, this, and this. I need to just let this go and forgive myself. Forgive myself. And maybe also, of course, as it says in 1 John 1, to confess our sins to God so that He can forgive us as well. My prayer for you today is that in whatever whatever you're facing, whoever you are, that you will know that freedom is possible. I am living proof of that. And that to admit your mistakes, that you were wrong, doesn't defeat you. In fact, it empowers you. But it empowers you differently. It empowers you from a place of, of wholeness and of goodness. Because it is Christ in you, our hope of glory. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you subscribe, share, comment, like. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to The David Trigg Show. Find the complete archive at davidtrigg.com or subscribe for free through the podcast app on iTunes or Stitcher on Android. Each week, we bring you a message of joy, success, and personal power in spite of fear, anxiety, and depression. Because as we like to say, though there's pain in the night, gozo comes in the morning. <laughs>